Welcome to the Confident and Courageous Clarity Podcast with me, Jatia Jones. Join us weekly for everything clarity. The truth is, once you have clarity, you'll have the confidence and courage to succeed in life and business. If you're new to the podcast, you should know my goal is to help you gain the clarity needed to transform your visions, goals, or dreams into reality. For my OG listeners, you all know that the podcast was birthed from the evolution of Mocha Monday's tip of the week. So when we moved to the podcast, I couldn't just leave you without your mocha. Therefore, at the beginning of each episode, I give you your drop of mocha and you are to implement it throughout the week to help inch you closer and closer to clarity. This week's drop of mocha is, you're not meant to build a house alone. You can, but it's probably not going to be that sturdy. Who are you recruiting to help build your house? This analogy correlates to life in general. Who are you recruiting to be a part of your community, your squad, your tribe? Because you're not meant to do it alone. You can, but it's probably going to be piss poor. It's not going to be up to the standard and level of excellence that you desire for you and for those that you are called to serve. Remember, you're not meant to do it alone. So journal about Who's in your squad? Who's in your community? Because they may not be in your area code or zip code, but they are out there. And you get to choose who they are. So who are they? And reach out to them. Ask them for help. Nine times out of 10, they're more than willing to help you because you've done so much for them already. So I'm saying one last time, you're not meant to do it alone. Now let's jump into this week's episode. JL, founder of Rise to Realness, helps you build a life-giving community around your brand. She's an introvert who loves people and also spends her birthday reading a book while enjoying a cup of coffee alone. So she says, why in the hell should you listen to an introvert like her about building a community? Well, because community saved her time and time again. Through her experience, she's learned the immeasurable value of supportive community. She understands the foundation of a strong community, and she sees the power and possibility of of a life-giving community for you and your audience. There is only so much one can accomplish alone, and she's there to help you get intentional about bringing your audience together to experience the synergy of being in community. Whether you call it synergy or straight up the Holy Spirit, there's fresh energy that arises when we come together. This week's guest, Jaya. Hello, ma'am. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to have you. I've been watching you blossom into what you are here today and what we're going to be talking about and all of your Um, thoughts and theories on community and how important it is. And so um, I'm thankful to have you on so you can share with the people so they know they that one, they don't have to do it alone. Um, And two, that it's better not to do it alone. Um, And for those who are the entrepreneur, that they should actually build their own community so that their people that they serve don't have to do it alone, right? Um, But before we jump in, Tell the people who you are and what you do. 
Sure. So my name is JL Ingrilagos, and people always ask, you know, how do you pronounce your name? And I just tell them, like the initials, JL. Um, and I love helping uh, mission-driven entrepreneurs build thriving communities. And I do that, and I feel so aligned with my purpose because community saved me. Um, I've always felt like growing up that I didn't fit in, right? Like I wasn't accepted. I'm an immigrant to this country. I was born in Santiago, Chile. And um, although I was two years old when we moved here, um, I never quite felt like I fit in the box, right? I wasn't fully Chilean, so when I went back to visit my cousins and stuff, they had lived their whole lives there, and so they they fit into the Chilean culture, no problem. Um, we spoke Spanish at home, and so I didn't quite feel like I fit in with my classmates at school. Um, but I ended up living this life full of shoulds just so that I could feel accepted in some way, um, feel like it's safe to live a life full of shoulds, right? Because it's aligned with the expectations that everybody else has. And so um, my dream as a little girl was to be a mom. And my whole life, that's what I wanted. I didn't want to be a ballerina. I didn't want to be a librarian. I didn't want to be a truck driver. I wanted to be a mom. And so I lived this life full of shoulds, going to high school, getting good grades, um, getting high every day so that I could fit in with the cool kids or who I thought was, you know, were cool. And um, going to college, finally um, pursuing this degree in accounting because my dad told me I should. Uh, Sarbanes obviously was passed a couple of years before I graduated high school and accounting firms were looking for accountants. And so I knew that if I pursued that degree that I would have a full-time job upon graduation. And I did. I um, had a full-time offer, great benefits, and I pursued this profession that I didn't really want to do because somebody else told me to do. Um, and so it was kind of like I was in this position of feeling grateful I had this job, um, wonderful professional job, but at the same time, it wasn't what I wanted to do. It didn't feel aligned, right? But I said, okay, well, if my end game, my goal here is to become a mother, I'm going to get this professional job. I met my husband at work. We did all the shoulds, got married, bought a house, and finally had a baby. But let me tell you, fulfilling that dream wasn't how I had envisioned it. I remember seven days after giving birth, looking at my son and thinking we both survived. The days were dark. I was physically exhausted, not getting any sleep. Nursing was such a challenge. I read a 400 page book on breastfeeding during our honeymoon in Maui. <laughs> in a terrible way to start vacation in Maui, right? But it was because I wanted to do it and I wanted to write and I thought that everybody else had the answers, right? Other, other people were the experts in what I wanted to do. And so just coming to that moment and that realization that I thought I was fulfilling my dream and realizing this isn't exactly it. There's something more, right? Um, 
And here's the part where community really comes into play is that I started going to um, the hospital every Wednesday at noon and there was a group of new mothers who met there. It was facilitated by um, this wonderful woman named Bonnie. I still remember her name. <laughs> and literally we would sit in a circle with our babies and we would cry together and laugh together and share our experiences right? Share our stories. Because even though I can read a breastfeeding book written by some expert, it's not going to be the same as if I listened to the new mother next to me who said, hey, have you tried these nipple shields? These are amazing, you know, because that is different, that we are the exports in our own lives. And I think that's what I came to realize in community. And, um, Community also allows us to be ourselves and allows us to grow as um, revised new versions of ourselves, more whole versions of ourselves. Um, so from that point forward, I realized, okay, whenever I want to do something big, whenever I want to do something new and truly transformational and different, I need to surround myself in community because doing it alone, is so challenging, right? Um, I mean, he is my source, but when you build a community around you, a supportive, engaged community around you, you allow him to flow through each and every one of us. And that's really when we feel the greater energy of the Holy Spirit come to life. Mm -hmm. Well, one, thank you for sharing your story with us. And two, I totally agree with everything that you just said, because a lot of times we do go for the books and we try to do it in hiding. As I say, um, a lot of people try to DIY in the dark, right? Mm -hmm. And though that book might've been like the it thing when it was written, right? And it could have just been written, written a year ago. New products are out. New research has been published. There's so much more um, that comes with talking with people who have real life experience um, at the same time in the same moment, and you're going through it together so yeah. that you can actually share um, in more than just the knowledge, you know, it's that connection when somebody truly understands and they get it, get it. Um, because, you know, it's, it's, I always use the analogy of tying a shoe. We can tie a shoe with our eyes closed, but I was trying to teach my ne little nephew how to tie a shoe. And it was like, okay, let me start over <laughs> because I'm so far removed from like the basics of tying a shoe. And so even though you've had this experience um, to not have people who know the feeling at that moment and that time um, is, is a lot different than, than someone who, has had while a while ago the experience, i.e. a book, you know. Um, but yeah, there there's something about being around those who get it that one make you don't think that you're bananas um, and that you're abnormal and that your abnormalities are actually normal. Um, and so I actually love, love, love um, the story behind that. And so 
after you had this experience and you fell in love with community, um, how do we get to the point of helping others build and grow a community? Right. So um, I ended up actually realized kind of coming out of the the mother, the new motherhood trenches. And um, I tried to right away escape my my full time accounting work. And I had a wonderful boss back in the day when, when whenever you have a wonderful boss, it's kind of like hard to escape. And she like convinced me, oh, stay part time, stay part time. OK, well, and so um, I did that. And then finally, when we moved to the East Coast, I said, I want to do this motherhood thing full time. And I did for some time, went to the library, went to the parks, and then there's always something more. There was something more I wanted, right? Um, I became very involved at church. Um, when my son started pre-K, we have universal pre-K here in DC. Um, I became very involved in his school. Um, and through school, I became very involved in DC education, which is like huge here. And within each one of the realms where I was participating in, I was helping build community along the way. The funny thing is, you always talk about how, like, um, you know, usually purpose is right under your nose. You don't realize that you're doing what it is that you're doing. You don't realize what you're doing because you're so in it, mm -hmm. right? so naturally um, that you don't see it. And so, uh, it probably wasn't until um, I went through Patrice Washington's program, Command the Stage, where these stories started to come out. And I realized, that's what I do. I help build community. I'm a leader, right? I help gather people together. Um, there was great hesitation in my child's school to um, actually formalize a parent-teacher organization because um, the school served a lot of low-income immigrants. And I think the fear was that gentrifying parents would kind of take over. And um, finally, we got the trust of the school and we said, no, we're gonna do this together. We are going to include everybody in this process and we can do it as long as we do it together and are inclusive and um, really see each other as experts, right? Just because you know somebody may have um, a job working in the back of a restaurant and another one may be a lawyer doesn't make the lawyer more of an expert in this whole school experience thing than the mother who um, is uh, working in, in, in the back of the restaurant making sauces, right? And so I think validating everyone's voice was huge and empowering people to see that they truly are an expert at this whole parenting thing, at this whole like um, school experience thing just because they have a child at school, right? And so um, we made sure to build an inclusive community. We went from, you know, raising zero dollars to raising tens of thousands of dollars for our school um, and doing it in an inclusive way. And so then at church, um, we have this great group of like crazy Christians. I like to call myself a crazy Christian. Um, written, I uh, was inspired by uh, Bishop Curry's book. He was the one who gave the sermon at um, Meghan Markle's wedding. And uh, yeah, wonderful read. But we um, gathered together and 
typically like I think you can see a lot like I think uh, he says or somebody has said that Sundays can be our most um, divisive time of the week right and uh, but we created this intergenerational diverse group of crazy Christians that got together and um, really help um, liven up our our church so there's different ways where i realize okay this is what i do i help gather people i help lead i'm a community builder and so during the pandemic um one of the groups i was leading it was a ward-based group here in dc we have various wards broken out by districts we have a representative in each one of those wards the idea is that we would get parents and teachers um together to help advocate for the kids in this specific zone and um this started before the pandemic and then during the pandemic we went to zoom and we were still able to carry out our community via zoom and i said why don't we do this more online with um entrepreneurs right going through the experience for example of command the stage and purpose to platform um patrice washington's signature programs you realize that even though you're not in person, you can still build such an amazing relationship with others. You can still break down those walls of division and be vulnerable and be open with each other. And so I said, this, this is something that I haven't seen tapped into enough, right? I experienced this going through command stage and purpose platform, but are other people do they see the opportunity here, right? And um, one thing I keep trying to do is do something different, right? If we're always doing the same thing, if we're always doing whatever everybody else is doing, we're gonna get similar results if that, right? But if we do our own thing, if we do something different, do something that others haven't tried before, we're gonna get new, fresh results. And so, um, yeah, that was my one of my intentions set earlier this week, year is to be bold and do something different. So I've been trying to follow through on that. I love that. Yes, yes, and yes. So I, even though we've been in a pandemic for going on three years now and people have become accustomed to Zoom, I still hear people say, oh, I can't, I, what, what do they say? I can't. Basically, I can't give the same energy as if I'm in person or we can't get the same results as if we're still in person. And I'm like, yes, you can. You can just be you can be just as engaging. You can be just as interactive, but you have to think outside of the box. You have to literally want to give this a try. And when you do so, it opens so many doors to global opportunities and yes. people globally that you never would have been able to gain access to. Right. Because um, through Patrice's program, I've met some amazing women such as yourself that I've never met in person. However, in my mind, like <laughs> I've known you forever and it transfers when you actually do meet those individuals in person. Yeah. And so you are able to really take the power of community online to offline and, and 
vice versa, you know, when you do it and you do it well and you do it with um, good intention, you know, um, and you do it with a strategy. And so I know you've been able to really truly see the power and the possibilities of community. And that is something that you stand on in itself. And so what are some things that for entrepreneurs specifically who are jumping out here and they know they want to serve, right? These purpose-driven entrepreneurs that have a, a servant's heart and they're either dealing with community that has like a, a sensitive subject around it and or um, they're not used to doing these things online or doing things differently. What are some suggestions that you would offer them to, to really be able to build a powerful community? Mm. I think that um, something that's so simple that we can do um, that perhaps we don't pay attention to enough is really how, as the host of a community, as the leader of a community, you get to set the tone. You get to set the tone at the top. You get to bring the energy. You get to set the guidelines, right? And so if you make it clear that this is a safe space, this is a welcoming space, this is an encouraging space, and you don't let anything else slide, right? You make it clear that you're not afraid to kick people out if, you know, they are bringing everybody down. Um, then people are more willing to open up. People, I feel like, also are willing to open up when you use your authentic voice and when you share your struggles and when you share when you were down, right? So just because you're sharing when you were down doesn't mean you're bringing others down with you. Exactly. There's a difference. But when you share your hard times, other it gives people permission to say, okay, I can share too. Mm -hmm. not just me it's not I'm not the only one going crazy here and I love what you said about um yeah how the online community opens up so many opportunities for global connection um I think I heard you in one of your past podcasts say how uh you can be sitting in your own zip code and nobody's nobody's thinking like you right exactly yeah like no, seriously to feel like a black sheep or a multi-passionate, which normally you feel like a black sheep, no one in your area code or zip code are your people. They don't get it, right? And you feel like the outsider and you begin to shrink yeah, just so you can fit in, just so you can have that sense of community because it's one of the things that we innately desire. I think we borderline require it, you know, for survival. Yeah. And so, yes, it to be able to, find others and be like, you know what? It's not just me. You guys are the crazy ones and I should go for more. It's not wrong for me to desire more. It's not wrong for me to want to do more in the world or do better or help people um, and do it in this fashion because others out there also think the same way or think similarly, um, mm -hmm. but are able to give me a different perspective in a way that I can achieve that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, we're not alone. We are all interrelated. And mm -hmm. it is like biologically, like we depend on each other, um, right? If you get, if you were in a small community and back in the day and you know, you were 
killing off the jaguars, attacking you or whatever. Um, not exactly sure what animals are around. <laughs> but um, you needed people to help you, right? You needed somebody to go hunt and gather. You needed support. And if you were outlawed out of your community and you were stranded all alone, you're prey at that point, right? Yes. We need each other. We desire connectedness. There's so much that can happen outside of, right? Just the basic survival. Yeah. And I think that's what I want people to understand is that there, there's so much greater energy that results out of people coming together. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do hear a lot for those leaders and visionaries who are trying to go out here and make community happen um, is that they end up getting burnt out. Mm-hmm. And I tend to find that that's because they're doing it by themselves um, and they're really not embracing the truest definition of community. And though you are a leader, that doesn't always mean that you are at the top by yourself. Um, Personally, I feel that leaders are those that lead by example. You know, it's not that you are a tyrant or a dictator. You lead by example. You're in the trenches with people. You're doing it with others. Um, And so whatever your experience has been uh, with people either burning out or those who successfully do it, um, who are able to create the community and keep the mission moving forward without completely exhausting themselves. Right. Um, A couple things come to mind. First off is just make sure to have a simple plan, right? If you have a simple plan, one that you can follow through, don't try to do too much, right? That's gonna exhaust you, that's gonna burn you out right away. And if you have a simple plan and it's what people want, it's what people need, and you communicate that simple plan, look, on this day of the month, we're gonna do this. Okay, mark your calendars, great. Um, then that way you don't feel like you have to overgive, right? Um, so many times as entrepreneurs, we feel like we have to give and give and give and give and give content more and more, just give value away. But the power and possibility of community is that it is not just you. You have people there who want to be there, who want to support you, who are in it with you, and you can leverage that power, um, which kind of goes into the the second point of um making sure that you are creating spaces for people to connect and share. Um, I think a lot of people think like, I feel so exhausted, I'm giving, but my group is dry, right? There's no engagement. And And I just ask, well, what opportunities do you have for your members to connect? Well, a lot of people think, well, the chat feature is there, they can connect on the chat, right? Um, But like, there's a different level of connectedness that is created via chat versus what if you offered a Zoom room once a month just for people to connect, right? Break into smaller groups so that people are kind of forced to have these conversations where they get to know each other, right? Or the simple thing of sometimes people lead programs and they're like, nobody's connecting with each other. And I'm like, well, do you spend time on introductions? Do you create that space for something so simple like introductions so that people know each other's names other than the little line on the Zoom box? So um, yes, leveraging 
the power of community. Because in a community, a community is not just one person. And so um, we have to recognize the, the opportunity and really um, the power of the people that everybody is an expert in their own lives and everybody has something valuable to share. I love that. And, and so I love that you said have a simple plan, but one, have a plan. So many people jump out there and they don't have a plan. And so you hear me preach all the time, plan to win, plan to win, plan to win, <laughs> because you really need a plan. Just jumping, you might fly. Um, and I know for so many multi-passionate entrepreneurs specifically, we poop gold flakes without any effort. And so we get used to pooping gold. We're like, it's still gold, right? And I'm like, but if you put in some effort, if you truly have a plan, you can actually poop gold bricks with a little, a little, a little more effort, just a little more. And that is a major difference between gold flakes and gold bricks, right? And you have to come in with a plan, but they get so used to just jumping and doing and it's still producing gold. Mm -hmm. um, and so realizing that there's still a level of excellence that you truly can achieve if you put in some effort. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're serving others, you want to have that level of excellence because yes. they're one trusting you with their time and energy, if not other resources, right? But time and energy specifically time we can't get it back we can't make more of it energy I still believe is very hard to to kind of get back you can rest and rest and rest and sometimes you still don't really get it back to a hundred percent um and so I love that you said that and then the last thing that you said was um I should have wrote this down I had two points the plan and that you're talking about oh room for connection yes. um because I have a heart for introverts and they'll blend into the darkness or the back of a group if it's too large, if it's too big, if you don't give them that small intimate space to really get to know people, right? Yes. And so something as simple as having a breakout room so that two to five people have a chance to really talk and get to know each other. It's like, yeah, I, I know you were from DC, but oh, I didn't know this about you. You know, I did too. And it builds that connection uh, on those similarities um, that people have when they're able to do that in a smaller setting. So love, 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 love those points. Um, and so when it comes to I guess, I don't really want to say technology, right? Because I don't, I don't want to condense it to such a small thing. But at the same time, I'm thinking about when I was in in-person groups and we were using um, a platform for volunteers to sign up, Gen sign up genius, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So it was still, you know, using technology. And um, those that are not as tech savvy tend to run from that. And they tend to think, okay, if I'm in the community, if I'm in person, um, I can do what I naturally know how to do and ramp people up and get them going. And they don't understand how such platforms such as that can streamline things and make things so much easier for them and remind people to actually show up for the meeting. Um, because I know for me, if it doesn't ring and ding on the calendar, it does not exist. So <laughs> I need those reminders. Um, so are there any other 
I guess, platforms or systems um, that you tend to incorporate in your community building that helps you help them um, help all of you guys actually do this thing that you're coming together to do? Yeah. Um, the beautiful thing is that the, the software companies, the SaaS companies are all kind of catching up to this idea of, you know, leveraging community. And so every day I feel like there's a new platform out there for us to use. Um, you know, and I don't want to get like caught up in like which one to use and which one's better and stuff because there's so many, they're constantly changing and there's so many great ones to use and there's different purposes for each one, right? A lot of people like to use Facebook because almost the whole world is on Facebook, not the whole world, but a good fraction of the world is on Facebook. And so then it, there's like no lear learning curve there, right? You already have your profile set up, um, join group. Yes, you're probably a part of many groups. Um, and so there's great, amazing communities on Facebook. Um, then there's other uh, companies like Mighty Networks or Circle Community um, or Heartbeat Chat. So these are some like new ones that have been um, out like heartbeat chat, I think is one of the newer kids on the block. Yeah, and there's going to be pluses and minuses to each one. Um, yeah. Really, the question is, what do you feel using? Um, what do you feel comfortable using? Or, um, and are your members going to be willing to join that new platform? Um, if not, I mean, you can always just host on zoom. Zoom is an incredible tool that, um, you know, I'm so thankful that we've, many of us have become accustomed to, right? Um, just click the link and you're in, you're connected. And so it's a matter of just reminding people to come um, and letting them know what's gonna happen. And I feel like once they start experiencing the power of community, um, they're more likely to come back later on. Most definitely. And um, you tapped on something too, is making it user-friendly. For them. <laughs> yes, it's important for it to be user-friendly for you, but making it even more so user-friendly for them. Like you said with Zoom, you click the link and you're in. Mm -hmm. I love Zoom. I um used to use Skype back in the day and now I'm just like, thank God for Zoom. Because like the last time somebody actually like called me through a Skype, I was like, wait, what is my... And how do I, and I couldn't just click the link and get in. And so it is very important that, like you said, Zoom, you literally click the link and you are in. Um, and so definitely, definitely. But thank you for sharing those too, because um, I had not heard of that one, but I use Mighty um, Networks for some other communities that I'm in. And yeah, it is sometimes a learning curve, but not a great one for most. So just going where it's easy. For you, yes, but easier for the community that you're trying to build. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to keep you forever. Um, we, I did want to chat, but there's some questions that I always ask um, everyone that's a guest on the show. And so I wanted to, to really tap into those with you. Um, and so like the ABCs of Clarity, except Believe Connect, um, I definitely feel put you on that road to clarity. And so what is something that you've had or have to still um, accept about your past, present, and or future to free you for to reach the infinite heights in business that your heart desires? 
I think it's just that constant reminder that, you know, our past is a part of us, but it doesn't have to define who we are today. Um, and so every morning that we are blessed to open our eyes, we get to choose. We get to choose if we're going to have a good day, right? We get to choose um, what glasses we put on. Are we going to clean our lenses? Are we going to put on clear glasses so that we can see the world as bright and as beautiful as it is, right? Are we going to put on lenses of gratitude? Or are we going to just get up and be an unintentional without a plan and get up and go, right? Because I wake up with like eye boogers. My, my eyelashes are a little long and they clump together. together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see clearly. I cannot see clearly. Um, so even if you don't wear glasses, you know, are you going to rub your eyes, wash your face and refresh it and renew your vision? to see one of love, abundance, and gratitude. And so really, truly, it's up to us how we're going to wake up and what intention we're going to set every single morning. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because, yes, that was so me. Um, the other morning, I was like, why is my eyes stuck together? And it was more so my eyelashes than anything. And I was like, allergies. We, I mean, I know we're going into fall, but it's not time yet, okay? <laughs> so I could so relate to that one. <laughs> Okay, and so as cliche as it sounds, what is something that you had to believe in order to achieve? Um, there's a couple of things. Number one, God is good. Mm -hmm. God is good. God has a plan. And so even though sometimes in the midst of it, like I've been caught literally walking in circles because that's where my mind was. I need to go do this. No, I need to go do this. No, I need to go. I need to do this, right? No. Stop. Listen and obey, right? Because his plan is good. His plan is great. And even though sometimes in the trenches it feels difficult, there's a reason, right? There's a lesson. There's a blessing. There's a reason and know that that difficult time will pass and something good and hopeful is right up ahead. Um, another thing that I keep trying to push myself and um, to do is to fail more because if we're not failing, then we're not expanding our bubble enough, you know, like we're just doing the normal things, the normal baby steps, um, because we're afraid, we're scared. Steps, yeah. Yeah, but how are we going to grow and blossom if we don't fail, if we're not willing to fail? So I'm trying to look forward to failure. Um, I'm gonna launch a community here in early October, and um, you know, I'm kind of setting myself up to not setting myself up for failure, but setting myself up to allow this wonderful community to happen, but at the same time, be willing for some things not to go as expected. Mm -hmm. um, willing for failure, be some parts of failure, yeah. um, because otherwise I'm like, well, I could have, I could have pushed more. I could have pushed. I could have tried this differently, right? I could have done this step a little bit bolder and longer or in this direction. Um, so always 
kind of seek out opportunities that may in, result in failure. Mm -hmm. I love, love, love. Yes, because tech will tech and, you know, yeah, things are going to happen no matter how much planning you put into it, no matter how, you know, you could have practiced it and rehearsed it and all the things, something's always going to happen. And it's about how you react and show up in grace for yourself um, when those things do, right? And so just know that they are and be prepared to learn from them when they do, right? Because it is inevitable that it's gonna happen. But like you said, they make you better. They they give you room to actually perfect things because to perfect is an action. It's like you have to do something first in what? order to refine it, in order to perfect it. You're never gonna put out something perfect the first time. And again, I know my multi-passionates are like, I do. Those are gold flakes, okay? We're looking for gold bricks, people. So you're, there's always room to make things better. And that's what actually doing the thing and being open to those lessons learned mm -hmm. from failure. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to get you closer and closer to perfection, right? right? So I love that. Okay. And last but not least, how has embracing all aspects of you contributed to your success or equipped you to do what you do? And I feel like you touched on it a little bit earlier when you were saying, um, that your past is is part of it and it makes you who you are and brings those experiences. But what is, how has that really helped you embody um, what you naturally do of building community? Um, I also think that like, um, even when we're trying to fit in into our box, right? Recognizing, hold on, like, I, I don't fit into any single box, that that is our almost like competitive advantage, right? That's like our unique gift. And so coming to accept yourself, your whole self um, is truly a gift from God, right? And that's our mission. That's our purpose um, that we need to live out. I don't even know if I answered the question. <laughs> you did, you did. Um, because I totally agree. Like not fitting into the box is it. Like that's, and sometimes we have to, I don't even want to say build our own box, you know, but it's like build our, our, our own thing because we don't fit in and that is okay. And that, that holistic or wholeness of you, the good and the bad and the ugly, um, is what makes you the best fit for the people you're called to serve, right? Yeah. And so bringing all of that, embracing that past, not running from it, is definitely the secret sauce. Or as you say, your competitive advantage. I love it. Or recognizing that you're the bridge. Right? <laughs> you're the bridge that brings all these little individual boxes together. And you're the bridge that, even though everybody feels like an individual in their own little silos, helping them realize how connected they are. Mm -hmm. That's it. And for whatever reason, I, I envision as you were talking, an Amazon truck, like 
all of these different products are coming from everywhere. They're different things. They're in different boxes and different shapes and different sizes. And they're all loaded up in this Amazon truck to go to the same house, right? So like you still have this collective um, journey that you're on together, no matter how different you look and no matter how different things may seem in your life compared to someone else's, you're all being piled onto this nice little Amazon truck that is uh, on the road daily <laughs> because of me and some others. But yeah, and so <laughs> that's what I envisioned when you were talking about the bridge that brings together all of the different boxes. So love, love, love it. So um, before we tell the people how they can find you and your playground or platform of, uh, of choice, um, are there anyone that you would like to shout out that's gone on this journey with you um, that has uh, helped you get to where you are um, in entrepreneurship? Of course, I have P2P sisters to shout out. Um, yeah. One I, in particular, who I've been working with is Crystal Sherrill. And um, she helps organize my systems. Like I'm a creative, I my mind goes everywhere, and I'm <laughs> it. And so, like she helps me hone in, you know, my priorities. This goes next, you know, very organized. <laughs> because yeah, otherwise I spend so much energy running around from idea to idea, place to place, thing to thing. And so um, she has been. A rock star and helping me. Um, I think you can find her on Instagram at crystal underscore aka underscore ms theatrics um, if anybody needs help with their systems. She's phenomenal and as well as we out of P2P we created a P2P sister pod and we're still in contact. We meet every Monday at noon and um, in there you'll find um, you know a handful of gems I want to shout out and Quilla Bello. Um, she's also at on Instagram at Inquilla Bello and Miss Tanya Bailey. Um, so just good heart, good hearted people who keep me going. I love it. I love this, you guys. I mean, as we speak about community, right? You found them in another community and you guys have made your own community that you continue to stay in contact with. And we do need them. Um, yes. I meet weekly with people too because it's like, okay, reset. And you learn from everybody weekly and they keep you going and they keep you on track and they do hone us in, especially those of us who have a whirlwind of world-changing ideas and we want to do them all right now. We need those people in our lives that are like, okay, step one, <laughs> step 1.5 and now step two, okay? And not just like step 10. So right. yeah, absolutely love it. Okay, so yeah, let's also tell the people where they can find you if you want to tell them more about your community coming up in October. Um, and so they can come and play with you as well. Sure. So you can find me. I like to play on Instagram. I'm at rise to realness and my website is rise to realness.com. It's pretty simple. Um, you'll find more information there about any upcoming events. And um, yeah, if you're a beginner, just setting up your community and um, looking for help in creating a simple plan and a little bit more info about the technology and tools to use. Um, look out for for the community that um, will be launching in October. I love it, love it, love it. All of this will be in the show notes. Thank you again for your time and your talents. I really appreciate it. 
um everybody go follow her she is just lovely i adore her and um yeah Thank you for your guidance and your constant persistence to, to remind us that clarity is in the doing because um, you kept me you kept me going through command stage. I don't know if I ever told you that, but you kept me going and kept searching. And sometimes you don't hear, I would ask a question and it wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear, but it helped guide me, it helped direct me, it helped take the next step into what I needed to know. Well, thank you. Yeah. I. I... <laughs> I didn't get that a lot. I tell people, you know, this is what you naturally do. And they're steadily running from it. And they're like, no. And they're mad for a minute. And then they come back and I'm like, okay, I'm glad you're ready now because I'm excited about your perfect point. So <laughs> I'm glad you told the people that they're not alone <laughs> when that happens. But thank you. Thank you for those kind words. Yeah. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Leave a review, comment on social media, let us know what you think. What were your aha, aha moments? Last but not least, we've officially reached halftime of third quarter. Have you started planning for 2023? If not, it's not too late. Download your Plan to Win Clarity Workbook today. Links in the show notes. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Confident and Courageous Clarity Podcast. I hope you'll come back next week and join us for some more. And I'll see you back here, same time, same place next week.